Welcome to Fear and Greed, The Week Ahead. I'm Adam Lang, filling in for Sean Aylmer, and I'm joined by economist Stephen Kakoulis. You'll find him at thekook.com, that's T-H-E-K-O-U-K.com, and on Twitter using the handle thekook. Stephen, good morning. And good morning, Adam. What a week we had last week and what a week ahead. It's, it's all happening. It was a massive week. So have you recovered from budget week? Oh, I had a lovely weekend uh, lazing around and I was at the MCG for the magnificent Geelong-Collingwood clash in the in the Shane Warne stand. So I was one of the first people to buy a ticket in the stand and it was great. It was a lovely, oh, well done. A lovely relaxation after a hectic budget week last week. It was massive. Now, how do you think the budget was received overall? Yeah, look, clearly, and I'm not going to be saying anything terribly enlightening here, but it's obviously political. The election um, is soon and the coalition are behind in the polls. So they've given away a little bit of money and the petrol excise reduction and some uh, lump sum cash payments to pensioners and others as well and low low and middle income earners. So clearly it's to buy votes. And I think the general consensus from almost all the stuff I've read is that when we've got the economy doing very well, you know, we had um, job vacancies last week were booming. Uh, we've got a really strong economy. The last thing the, the economy needs from an economic standpoint is more fiscal policy stimulus. So the government by pumping, you know, a few tens of billions of dollars into the economy over the next couple of financial years is really just going to be adding to that inflation pressure. So, in theory, you know, when the economy is weak, yes, you you pump money into the economy. We did that during the global financial crisis. We did it during the COVID downturn over the last couple of years. Uh, but when the economy is strong, yeah, pull it back a bit. And, and that's why I think when I look at the futures market, you know, we've got well almost three percentage point of rate hikes priced in. There was so much going on last week from rains on the East Coast, obviously the war in Ukraine, through to supply chain disruptions and the budget on top of that. There was some other data that has some value to look at too. People may have missed it, but can you tell us how the retail sales data for February looked? It was strong again, and it fits into this narrative that um, you know the economy's kicked off 2022 in a really healthy way. In February, retail sales up 1.8% month on month. That's a big rise. And it followed a 1.6% increase in January. So that momentum is pretty powerful. We consumers are out there spending. And it's I think it's linked to the fact that we've got plenty of savings. And obviously, the RBA has not yet hiked interest rates. So you know, we're not paying anywhere near an oppressive interest rate on our mortgages. It appears as though wages are going up, although we don't have the official data on wages just yet. But probably incomes are going up. And so we're spending. And, and we also saw another... Uh, another number last week on the job vacancies series, which showed that demand for labour has never been stronger. So, you know, we look at these forecasts for the unemployment rate to hit a fresh 48-year low in the next few months. It, it, it looks as if it's a lay-down mazair. We're going to be getting an unemployment rate probably around 3.5%, such were the job vacancies numbers. It brings up that old line, you've never had it so good, but I don't know if it feels that way to everybody. Yes, I've got to emphasise too that it's some of the growth and the house price boom and the you know, stock market doing pretty well too, of course, uh, is not equally distributed. You know, if you're if you're a homeowner, you've got plenty of money in your super fund that's in in equities. You know, you're you're doing just fine, and you're in a job that pays well. You're doing fine, but of course, that's the question about how we redistribute that. So you've never had it so good. Well. In a sense, for the macro economy, the overall economy, the Australian economy is doing well. But I guess that comes to the question, you know, are we looking after 
a lot of the low paid workers, you know, people working in aged care and, and nursing and these sorts of professions have been wonderful during the COVID downturn and still are, obviously. Um, and are we really paying them enough? And I think this is going to be one of the political issues as the election campaign really hots up. Labor's going to be going hard on, you know, while the economy's doing okay, you know, your wages aren't keeping up with inflation and the coalition's saying, well, we've got unemployment down, just wait, we'll get wages picking up. So I think that'll be the one of the critical economic points that's going to be debated as the election uh, draws near. Yeah, the truth of it always tends to be that some have never had it so good rather than everybody. <laughs> Correct. I think that's the that's the word we should be putting in there. Now, there was also some data on building approvals. How did you see that? Strong. Oh, well, they're up 43% in the month. Yeah, they're a really volatile series. You know, if you get a, a couple of big high-rise apartments being approved in the CBD areas of the cities, you, you've got, you know, hundreds and hundreds of units and that's a big percentage change so nonetheless we also saw freestanding housing approvals going up too so building approvals which had been sort of trending down remember there was a bit of a bring forward of building activity from the uh, stimulus measures from the government during the COVID recession you know 18 odd months ago and so that there was a downturn that was seemingly um, well entrenched but this number's just again changed all the perceptions and we're going to be getting you know a lot of new dwellings being built over the next uh, 12 months. And on the topic of dwellings, the CoreLogic home sales data, how is that looking? Still looking strong too, the, uh, it, it, what we call a patchwork economy because some capital cities are booming still, so the information out of Adelaide, uh, Brisbane in particular, Hobart, very, very strong. Sydney and Melbourne have cooled off. You know, interesting that those two biggest cities obviously have the highest prices in dollar terms are the ones that for the last couple of months are showing it, I won't call it weakness, but they've just stopped rising, you know, basically, basically zero growth or thereabouts. So maybe they're going to be the canary in the coal mine. And of course, this is before uh, we've had any interest rate hikes, which of course will probably dampen some of that demand for house prices. Right. Now on the topic of spending and how we pay for it, how is credit growth? Credit growth is still strong, yes. Well, with the housing cycle still generally being good, We've got um, us consumers borrowing lots of money, so the growth is strong. Again, with interest rates where they are, it's no surprise that consumers are borrowing. The good news part of that is that business is borrowing too. You know, we want to see business ramping up its um, capex, its business investment. That's the engine of growth, as it always is. So when businesses are borrowing, it says to me that they're about to expand their capex on uh, machinery and equipment, and even things like some non-residential construction also appears to be you know, humming along reasonably strongly. And hopefully we'll see that come through in productivity as well. Oh, yes. The, the, the thing that, you know, again, if you wanted to be a really um, economic pointy head, if you like, on the budget, you know, there's, yeah, there's not a lot that, that really enhances productivity. And Australia's productivity for the last decade or so has been pretty poor for a number of different reasons. And, um, you know, one of them is that we have tended to underfund infrastructure and the, sort of the skills and training of our workforce has sort of lagged behind other countries. But, you know, they're, they're not quick fix solutions. Whoever was in power, it takes a little while for those things to kick in. Yes, it does. And let's have a look at that after the break. That was Stephen Kukoulos looking at last week. We'll be back in a moment to take a look at the week ahead.
So this week, Stephen, the focus is really on the RBA board meeting tomorrow and pressure seems to be growing to flag interest rate hikes. Yes, look, I don't think anybody's seriously expecting them to hike, such as their rhetoric uh, of recent times. But boy, as we were just saying, uh, you know, the economic data is strong. You know, the government's pumping money into the economy when it's already got a strong economy. We know inflation's lifting. You know, the data uh, from, well, again, around Europe last week on inflation that we've already seen from you know, the US and Canada and the UK and New Zealand, you know, inflation's strong everywhere. And we, we don't get our uh, March quarter inflation data till the end of April, the 27th of April, I think it is. So the May board meeting will probably have a lot more information for it to, to act on. And if that CPI is very high, which it probably will be, we're going to run into this dilemma where the you know, April board meeting you know, tomorrow, probably just flagging, you know, the economy's doing okay and we may need to bring forward our rate hikes. This is the RBA. But May it becomes a live proposition because if we get – the next labour force number showing a three point something unemployment rate. If we get the next CPI showing core inflation at three point something and going up, you know, and the cash rates at zero point one percent, you know, a prudent, you know, little baby step towards starting to hike is probably prudent. And there's a chance the RBA will sound a little bit more hawkish when they release their statement tomorrow afternoon. We know from conversations with you each week, Stephen, that the RBA will be watching wages growth too, uh, but maybe in the words of the Governor, it'll be a bit more plausible for interest rates to rise this year. That's right, yes, because again, he's been fighting the uh, futures market, and as we were saying before too, you know, there's almost three percentage point of rate hikes priced in over the next 18 to 20 months approximately. And he sort of said, no, that's not going to happen, that's not going to happen because wages is relative, uh, relatively low or wages growth. And our inflation's only just got back within the target. I think that rhetoric will be blown out of the water in the next couple of quarters. And, um, you know, he'll just have to go. And, you know, you've got similar issues. Well, when you say he'll have to go, you mean he'll have to move interest rates? Uh, uh, sorry, he'll have to go on interest rates. Yes, I don't mean go in a in a guide to Bellway. He'll go in a <laughs> in a uh, interest rate. And, you know, and again, following what happens overseas, you know, and it's fascinating to see the US Fed, they've got – uh, expectations now that they're going to hike 50 basis points in May and another 50 in June. So they've got 100 points of rate hikes in the US um, basically priced into their market. They're not doing that because inflation's transitory. They're doing it because inflation's entrenched. We will be watching closely. Now, speaking of the Reserve Bank of Australia, it's also got its financial stability review coming up this week. Yes, it sort of, again, doesn't get a huge profile, but that's the sort of document where they look at the loans, mainly of the household sector, and say, are consumers you know, under financial stress, You know, and particularly with the rate hiking cycle starting, they might put a bit of work in there on stress testing the household debt levels if we you know, have assume one percentage point of hikes, two percentage points of hikes. That's an important part of how they test the the soundness, I suppose, of the banking and the financial sector. They also look at the superannuation industry, you know, the equities market, are there any sort of uh, bubbles blowing there and all those sorts of things. So in a sense, it's one that just sort of generally um, refers to the risks as they see them for financial stability. And of course, you know, we've had, we've done wonderfully well in terms of financial stability. So with the economy strong, you know, a strong economy lifts all ships. So I, I can't imagine there'd be anything terribly worried other than perhaps just a bit of analysis about how the household sector in particular will, will respond when we get these rate hikes over the next uh, 18 months or so. Right. And on top of that, there's some other what you might call lower tier data coming out next week as well. What should we be looking out for? Yeah, the, the lower tier data, we've got the um, ANZ job ads, which are interesting, but we've already seen the ABS 
job ads coming out. So again, it's really just uh, confirming that the momentum for labour demand is very strong. I've been speaking to a range of firms this last month or so, uh, doing the rounds, and everybody, without without fail, is saying that they can't find staff as they're looking to expand. They're losing their talent because the competitors poaching their best people, and they're having to resort to well pay increases or things like bonuses or other incentives to retain their staff. So the job ad series, while it's low tier, it's again probably just confirming that the labour market's on fire. Motor vehicle sales come out, you know, an important demand indicator for the economy. And even though there are supply chain issues there, you know, you'd expect um, motor vehicle sales to be humming along pretty nicely. And we've got a weekly payrolls number. It's sort of like a preview of the labour market uh, indicator. And it also has a uh, sort of a wage indicator. Again, it's not gospel. The series has only been going for a couple of years, so we haven't been able to test it very well. But again, we'll assume that there's a big increase in the number of people employed in payrolls numbers and that wages and incomes growth will be picking up. So we'll look at that for clues of you know, that overheating in the labour market. That's a terrific summary. Stephen, thank you again and have a good week. Have a good week too. Hopefully it's just a little bit calmer than last week's budget um, fun and frivolity. We better stay tuned. That was economist Stephen Kukoulis, better known as The Kook. You can find him at thekook.com and follow him on Twitter using the handle The Kook. I'm Adam Lang and this is Fear and Greed, The Week Ahead. 